Welcome to your weekly episode of Reset 42. In each episode, we want to carefully sit with the vulnerability and generosity of a guest who has reset their life. Some have just kicked life into gear again. Others are truly survivors. And we'll speak with people who've dug deep to find their passion and reset to a true north. It all begins in five, four, three, two, one. And this week on Reset 42, we're catching up with Lee Jackson. Now, Lee's renowned in the digital marketing space. His own podcast, Agency Trailblazer Podcast, is great for initiating encouragement, getting people thinking about new ideas, and he comes alongside a lot of people in the industry when they need it most. I was really pleased to catch up with Lee and find out a bit of his backstory and also what happened when he needed to reset life, when something pivotal, which included a very tragic story about a family member, happened for Lee and his family. Now here's your host, a deeply devoted movie tragic who didn't realise Julie Andrews wasn't really a nun, it's Andrew Pitchford. And on Reset 42 today we have the opportunity to speak to the other side of the world with Lee Jackson in the UK. Lee, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on. The other side of the world, are we literally, like if I just dug all the way through, would I, would I pop out in your office? I think there's something scary that we could try that and I'll turn up in China and you'll turn up in, <laughs> in the Samoa, of the ocean. maybe. <laughs> Hopefully Samoa. Yeah. Now, one of the things I like, Lee Jackson runs a podcast called The Agency Trailblazer, uh, mixes with a lot of people in the digital marketing space, the WordPress space, uh, but he's got an incredible story to tell and he also knows the meaning of reset and realizes that sometimes in life stuff happens. So Lee, this is a good opportunity to get to know your story. Maybe we can start at the very beginning. I, I like the way that you talk on your podcast about getting people to go in a time machine. Uh, we're both a bit nerdy, so we'll, let's jump the TARDIS, flip back through the timey-wimey, and find out about where life began for Lee. Well, like, literally, are we going back to 1982 in Canada when I was born? <laughs> well, that's a scary thought. So is there a maple leaf in the history? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, in theory, I'm Canadian just by birth, but actually m most of my family are from Britain anyway, so I'm as English as the Queen, who isn't very English, apparently. So over a cup of tea, as opposed to uh, gin and tonic, uh, when did life begin in the UK? Did you kind of go back in your early years and the family re-established themselves there? Yeah, we they all moved back, so I was four, uh, and have since lived in the UK, which has been phenomenal and gone through the UK education system for all of its benefits, and... Um, left school as soon as I could, started a business actually aged eight uh, in calligraphy. So I was doing wedding stationery and stuff like that because I always wanted to do some sort of something for myself and earn cash, uh, including skipping lunch as well, which was a great way of building up a, a cash base um, or selling sweets. That was another good thing. Um, and then I, uh, I, I left school as soon as I possibly could, age 16, and started working at McDonald's, living the dream. That's amazing. Uh, my story is a little bit the reverse of yours because my family left the UK when I was four years old and yeah. took me to the Antipodes to New Zealand. But I'm, I'm just picturing that English school lunch and a lot of countries around the world don't understand how good the English education system was that, you know, you have these morning teas and afternoon teas and definitely the lunchroom, etc. So were you the kind of person that was working out how to make a dollar out of everything or a pound? <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much. Only because I loved reading and I wanted more money for books. And my mum couldn't work out where I was getting all the money from to buy books, which was awesome. 
So, uh, but that was it. It was just literally I wanted to read all the time. I had no friends, just wanted to read. And ended up as well teaching myself programming in the library at lunch breaks as well, just for something to do because there were books on programming I started reading, you know, good old basic and stuff. Uh, and I would sit there for hours in the library. In fact, I would even skip lessons to learn programming. Was there a Sinclair ZX81 in this picture? No, it was uh, the old Acorn machines. I don't know if you uh, are the aware BBC of The BBC Acorn. Yeah, that's the one, BBC Acorn. So I was learning basic and uh, having a play around with that and trying to do on on site uh, on screen graphics and all that. It's great fun. So think about that. You you're kind of entering the workforce or the opportunity to start a business, and as much as you've got that entrepreneurial spirit, there must be a little bit of risk taking that's involved. When do you feel you actually ventured out and said, "I'm doing this for myself"? Um, well, every time I've always thought that there's no risk. There seems to be in my brain this kind of. Um, it's hard to say, but there's always this it'll be okay feeling like if I'll make it work, whatever happens. So whenever we've taken a quote unquote risk, we've never really worried too much about it. So the first risk taking I took, which doesn't feel like a risk, I was living with my parents, so it wouldn't have mattered if it had screwed up. But I started my proper development business age 17 and started selling websites to the local businesses in the village I I. Uh, lived in and ended up um, doing really well with all of the uh, antique shops. This was basically a village that specialized in antiques and all of the antique shops started paying me money to sell their antiques online through eBay because that was the big thing back then and building websites for them. So, So that was awesome until they all worked out that they could do it for themselves with good old front page. Thank you, Microsoft. And I didn't really have any marketing expertise, et cetera. So I just went and got a job to pay the bills and just hustled for years doing websites here and there. So the entrepreneurial thing, they, they almost tell you you can't teach it. It sounds like it was in your DNA at the start. But where do you feel you're actually picking up the um, the the education or, or picking up the vibe of what to do, how to hustle? Um, because you probably didn't have some of the, the gurus of hustle that we know today to lean on. I don't know where I got it from. It just all seemed absolutely natural that if you wanted to sell something, then you go and show up and you go and talk to people and you develop a relationship first before you actually go in with the sell. So that's exactly what I was doing when I was selling those websites originally. When they all then started switching over and saying, actually, we can do a lot of this ourselves. We don't really need you. That was the point where I got stuck. I was like, oh, I've carved out this kind of local niche and and now they don't want me and I don't know what to do next. And I kind of just gave in quite quite early. I was still quite young. I was at 18 then. And that's where I was just like, oh, let's just get a job for now because I owe my mum and dad money. <laughs> I'd just run up. A, I'd met this amazing girl who's now my wife uh, and I'd run up a, a, a 400 pound phone bill <laughs> yeah, because oh, I was calling me. her from my landline to her cell phone. A landline. I've heard yeah, of those. This is, this is 20 years days. ago, mate. This is 20 years ago. <laughs> So, so when you think of kind of that 18-year-old Lee Jackson facing the world, did he have big dreams? Oh, yeah, he had big dreams. He, he actually, when he got a job, he decided that he was going to find a job in web design and web development, which he managed to. Uh, I did manage to find that job. And within that, there was the scope to uh, move up to IT, which actually moved me more and more away from development, which actually made me sad in the end. And I was always trying to circle back around to development. But I spent many years uh, earning a very good salary um, in IT and did really well. I actually hated IT, but because I was doing well, I just kept at it. Now, I think one of the things I, I love is you don't take yourself too seriously. You have a bit of a laugh, even to the extent that recently I've seen you post some old videos of 
um, kind of your marketing expertise from a few years back and yeah. thinking, goodness me, was why did I do that? Can you think back of any other examples of where you kind of, um, you had a go, but it didn't work out as well as you'd like? Uh, I can think of multiple examples. I can think of the multiple websites that I actually built as well. Um, I created a persona for myself many years ago, and it, it kind of lasted for years where I was this guy who always wore a, uh, a shirt and a tie. Uh, the tie even became a part of my branding a few years ago as well when I launched that business. But I thought I had to be this character, this kind of professional guy. Um, I bought a, uh, the first the first round. I actually had a suitcase that I'd take out with me as well, you know, a little briefcase, sorry, uh, which was full of nothing. I just had pieces of paper in there and a pen, but I was just trying to create this image of um, a professional uh, sleazy slick sales guy and it really didn't work and I cringe every time I think back to it but I was doing it even five years ago. Isn't it funny um, in some ways you were trying to create a persona that probably wasn't the Lee Jackson? Absolutely what you see is what you get with me it always should have been but I I think that's the imposter syndrome isn't it you're like well who's gonna like Lee who's gonna uh, who is gonna connect with Lee versus who's gonna connect with what you think people want to connect with and actually people like people and i learned that i launched very quickly after i learned that i then launched my podcast and thought i need to show up as me and i've got to stop doing this yeah that authenticity is so real so mm -hmm. coming back to some of the original business ideas and things did you find that you started to get some traction you were building it the snowballs rolling down the hill you're trying to keep up with everything were, were there times when things were getting out of control on many occasions. I mean, the most recent would be when I was transitioning between two companies. So we, we'd we evolved our original agency to the point where we had two distinct um, kind of channels of, of product. We had design, and then we also had this amazing software product. Um, so that was going through a transition of that software product becoming its own business. Um, and the design company retaining those design clients and we would then move everyone out into a digital business which would support that because it was going to be a better framework. But then also I'd launched my own business as well where I wanted to help other design agencies. If we just jump in that TARDIS very quickly, a few years ago, I was in an agency that was always just a design agency in the events industry. And then by the end of my term there, we'd become a digital agency, uh, which had a digital product as well as providing design, which then made sense for us to split those two companies out uh, so that the two companies could focus on their expertise. I'd got a bug though at that point of saying, wow, I can actually help other agencies transform as it were from just being uh, a design agency to offering digital services by becoming a white label development house or a consultant so that's what i then started doing and that, that was still at the point where i was still battling with this i want to be me but i think i need to be this other guy as well um so that was the suited and booted lee i'll have to send you a link to that video you're referencing which i love to show people i look like a robot uh, and i'm in my suit and tie and if you look at my eyes they're really red. It's in HD and they're really red. That's only because that poor guy had had hardly any sleep the night before that video. I think he'd had four hours sleep. Essentially, I'd got to a point where I was working 18-hour days um, regularly. I was working weekends as well because I was managing essentially three businesses, which was insane. And, uh, you know, you're managing cash flow, you're managing expectations. Um, I didn't have documented procedures. I was just doing everything because I knew how to do it, which meant I couldn't actually tell anyone else what to do. So I couldn't get other people involved. I was 
pitching things out to freelancers to say, hey, will you do this? And giving them terrible briefs because I didn't have enough time to give them a proper brief. And then I was getting angry with them because they would let me down. And oh, it was just a complete nightmare. Reset 42. Tired, broken, blocked, wrong way? Whatever the reason, Reset 42 brings real-life stories of people like you and I who have reset to start again. You know, here I am, I'm hearing about these three businesses, and I can imagine that um, your eyes are lighting up that I want to go this way, I want to go that way, I want to have my hands in every pie, but you surely just can't keep up. So did you start to recognize that things were getting out of control? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I could recognize because it was actually affecting marriage. It was affecting relationships in general. And it was also affecting my health. I, one of the shocks for me was watching that video of me. Not only did I look ridiculous and sound like a robot and my arms were even moving, but when I noticed my eyes, I was like, holy crumbs, I look ill. Um, I, I do need to sort something out. But again, one of the big trigger points for me as well was... Um, if you look back in, in your past, you're influenced by people. And I, I, I look back to my dad and he worked really, really hard. Um, he was always out in the evening going somewhere, uh, working hard and uh, pretty much never stopping. Uh, and then five years ago, um, he passed away. He worked until near midnight um, on a sermon that he was going to be doing for the following day. Um, he was too tired to finish that sermon, which has never, ever happened to my dad. He'd never finish until he'd, he'd done everything. So uh, he was too tired and went to bed and died an hour later of a major heart attack. It was a massive shock for us all. He was only 62. We weren't expecting it, uh, especially because he'd spent all week working and running services and doing other people's funerals, etc. But he had modeled, uh, you know, to me, he would modeled a hardworking guy um, who was still struggling because of everything that was going on. But equally, all that had happened was he'd never got to enjoy retirement and he'd just worked and worked and worked only to die in his sleep an hour later after working. Uh, and that was a massive wake up call for me. That was like, okay, I can't keep doing this because I've been doing this as it were for a few years now of working really hard and saying my wife, saying to my wife, this is all because this is for the future. If I work hard now, then we'll get lots of time together. The problem is, is my dad had worked hard now for say 30 years and then died. And I did not want to repeat that. Um, that's not a negative against my dad. He was great. He worked hard and he also spent time with the family. He was amazing. But I recognized that I could myself may potentially go down a path where I'll always be working um, and I'll never actually get to a point where I can enjoy a balanced life, do the things I love in business, but equally spend time with the people I love as well um, and not die young. I don't want to die age 62 unless I get hit by a bus, which I can't help that. But you know, health-wise, I don't want to be that ill guy on that video that I'll send you a link to um, who was probably heading for a heart attack himself at some point. Um, so that was the point. I was like, I've got to change. Something's got to change. Now, when this um, happened with your dad, that must have been incredibly impacting. But you would have had to take some time out for you. And then later, you are able to look at the picture more clearly and say, as you said, I don't want this to happen. Did you actually need to pull back or did you start making changes on the run? Um, well, we'd already gone through a, a reset a few uh, a few years prior. Um, so we, we'd done, so I've got an agency trailblazer. I've actually got something called the agency reset. Um, and uh, what it was, was we looked at our original business and said, um, we're trying to be all things to all men. Um, and we need to just specialize and focus on one particular industry. So that became our agency reset for that. So I already kind of had a framework for 
a reset in our thinking, which was starting with the basics, you know, who I was, what made, you know, what was my passion, etc. Um, and then working my way through that, who were the people that I could help, um, and so on and so forth. So we had that framework. It was very quick, therefore, after dad died, two weeks after it, later we'd buried him. And I sat down and thought, I've got to make these changes. So I've got to go through this sort of reset and essentially did again, what's the most important things to me? Who can I help? Um, who are the people that will benefit most from my services, etc.? And then I just deep dived into agencies so I can help agencies and I will help them only with this specific um, service, which was building WordPress themes and building WordPress plugins. They were the only two things that I would do. And it would also be at a much higher rate so I could do less um, of them. But, you know, obviously have more money coming into the business so that I could have a better work-life balance. So that was a very quick decision within a few weeks of dad passing. Obviously, actually making that happen took more like six months um, to make that happen. Uh, but then it obviously just continued from there. Lee, one thing I want to do is um, have a talk about the way in you kind of run family and where family fits in uh, very shortly. But before we do that, You've still got this entrepreneurial DNA. It's still kind of spouting ideas. I can imagine the neurons are sparking a new idea every week or so. Do you have a way of saying, down, boy, down, stop it? Or do you have mentors around you that can kind of help guide you and head you in when you need it? Yep. Uh, so all of the above. <laughs> ideas every single week. Um, I've got mentors and I've also got good colleagues that we can brainstorm with. Any idea we like to note down. Um, and then what we like to do is measure those ideas with, um, do, do they meet our mission? You know, are they going to be a distraction rather than a benefit to us or to the people that we're going to serve? Um, and if if it doesn't meet that criteria, it pretty much goes down the bottom of the list. It never goes off the list. Things stay there and we circle back to ideas. For example, we were going to do an event many years ago, um, but we put that to the bottom of the list because we didn't feel we had enough uh, traction. We didn't have enough connections to get the right people in the room, etc. So we put that to the bottom of the list uh, and then brought it back up the list uh, again in 2018 when we then launched our event, uh, Agency Trailblazer which sorry agency transformation which went amazing this year um that was all done though with mentors like chris ducker etc as well so making sure that you have somebody um in business who's already kind of where you want to be and already doing the things you want to do so chris ducker already has a membership he already has a live event that people go connect he already has the podcast etc um so that allowed me to align myself with someone who'd been there done that and gone ahead with his own niche and then i could learn from him and sanity check a lot of the ideas etc so uh, got a, a really great grateful for, for the time I've spent with Chris as well. So um, colleagues aligning your ideas with your mission and making sure that he's going to serve people. Um, and then also uh, sanity checking everything with, with a good mentor. One of the things I really appreciate about your podcast is that you will often kind of dispel the myths and the rumors about you're so busy, you're famous in terms of your podcast and different things. But you try to explain to people that this is not about becoming rich and famous. And you pull mm -hmm. back the curtain and show people, listen, I get up, I make breakfast, I walk to work, and my family life is X, Y, Z. Uh, can you explain mm -hmm. to me where family fits in? Uh, yep. So uh, we fa family is top priority. Uh, I think I think everybody says that, and I've always said that family is top priority. But I've never lived like family is top top priority <laughs> uh, until just a few years ago uh, when we we kind of went through this most recent reset as it were when my dad passed um and since then our family life looks completely different my daughter is actually homeschooled so i get 
two days extra a week with my daughter. She actually works here at the office with us, uh, which is phenomenal, and uh, does her homeschooling w- with us here. She also gets to spend three days a week with my wife as well, uh, homeschooling. Um, we like to travel a lot, so we go on a lot of breaks to different places in the world, which is nice. And we make sure we have at least uh, five or six weeks worth of holiday every single year now. Um, as a business, we finish at three o'clock most days or four if there is something obviously pressing that we have to spend a bit more time on so that we can all be home um, and that's all employees all be at home by four at the very latest every work day so that we can then you know have a better more quality evening with uh, with our families etc we also do an enforced uh, break <laughs> at lunchtime we all have to have our, our lunch break that's non-negotiable and Larissa's often telling me off because I'm still working and she's like Lee if I take my lunch break you take yours uh, so that's nice <laughs> but yeah fa- family first things have changed uh, considerably we get so much more time together and work is a part of our, our lives as opposed to work being our lives and as instead of us having work um, dictate what our family do instead it's what we want to do as a family uh, dictates how uh, the work is structured and what sort of work we take on as well um, I, I say a lot that we have a responsibility as a um, business uh, to be profitable a lot of people don't tend not to judge enough or they tend not to work with the right people um, however we've kind of flipped that on our head for ourselves and we make sure that we are charging um, a good rate we're doing um, a good amount of work that is manageable that's also then going to allow us to be a profitable business, be sustainable, to be around for a long time, and also, most importantly, to have plenty of time uh, with our family doing things, creating traditions, creating memories. It's so flipping important to create memories. Life is way too short um, for us to be messing around working all the time. And um, another thing that frustrates me, grinds my gears, whatever you want to say, is all these guys who are selling systems on social media to become millionaires and selling the laptop lifestyle and that. All I care about is earning enough so that we can spend time with the family and that my daughter's not going to hate me because I spent my entire life trying to become a millionaire uh, and finally made it when she was 18. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'd rather her remember me not being a millionaire, but having loads of fun and going to a cottage down in the Cotswolds for a week and sitting next to a river and talking about the funny memories we have and, and all that sort of stuff. One of the things that you're going to have to do is share the the family pan pizza recipe because you always make a big thing out of that. So we'll see if we can um, get you to loosen the grip on that and let our, our listeners find out how to make the pan pizza. Coming back to something you've learned a lot, you, you mentioned you've been through several resets. Do you kind of have a, a series of things that you do that one, you can recognize you need a reset and then two, a procedure to go through? Have you got any tips you can leave us with? Uh, absolutely. Well, there, there is actually, uh, if I can plug my podcast, there is the um, episode that I have, uh, episode number 200, where I actually talk about what drives me and actually mention part of the reset that I went through, um, which goes through kind of the steps of, of looking at yourself and what you're doing and what you want from life, etc. So that might be uh, highly recommended. I, d- I don't know how I can recommend people recognize they need a reset. Um, I guess it I guess the best way would be to look at what do you want from from your life. So, um, are you do you have enough time with your family, or do you feel like your business currently owns you? Are you chained to your business? So, on many occasions, I have felt like I have been chained to my business. It's uh, if if I walk away from it, or if I go and do something else, 
the business will struggle. And if the business struggles, then I won't have a home anymore. Do you know what I mean? There's this horrible feeling of trapped, being trapped or anything like that. If you're starting to recognize anything like that or recognizing in your family that there's a problem, perhaps your your spouse is uh, complaining a lot more about the lack of time they're having with you or whatever it might be, uh, that's the point where you might be asking yourself some questions and saying, okay, all right, what's wrong here? Uh, what's wrong with this picture? Because life is too short. And what could I improve to get a better quality of life? Um, because you could maybe... 12 now but she will be 18 and you know in a few months time it's going to feel like anyway it goes that quick uh, and then the framework for me really is just to go right back to my why and and i'll say right well wh why am i doing any of this in the first place um and then uh, and then i take myself through a process of okay well what are my strengths have i started doing other stuff that are not my strengths that are distracting me as an entrepreneur and as a business etc uh, and what can i do to come back to the basics and do what i do really well um, so that I can, you know, help others and also have a good, uh, you know, good balanced life and business. The name of our podcast is Reset 42, 42, the meaning of life at the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you had to sum up what the meaning of life is for Lee Jackson today, in a few words, what would it be? I wish you were going to tell me you asked that. I would have come up with some really, really wise saying. The meaning of life is 42. There you go. No, I'm joking. Uh, the, the meaning of life for me, for Lee Jackson right now, is to make memories. And that's been very transparent. I heard you say it so many <laughs> yeah. times, I think it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, We're, We like to make memories. We love Disney as well. Uh, they, they've indoctrinated us with that so that we end up spending loads of money with them. Well, Lee Jackson, thanks very much for joining us on Reset42. You've been brilliant. As always, a lot of good practical stuff that we can actually use. And I think this is going to speak to a lot of business owners who do face that moment when they're chained to the business. And if they can listen to episode 200 from the Agency Trailblazer, I know it was a fantastic episode. You were very raw in that. So that's going to give people a lot more resources as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us on Reset 42. Now before you go without leaving a tip for your waitress, please remember to subscribe and leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Visit us online to share the episode. Show notes are found wrapped with a bow at www.andrewpitchford.com forward slash reset42.